Welcome to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this program is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I would like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. Thank you also to Headhunter Lures. Check them out at headhunterlures.com. My first guest this week is Dan Johnston. We are talking about early season bass. A lot of good information and tips here. Listen to what Dan has to say. And then my next guest is Shane Wilson, fishingsfuture.org and ICANN Initiative. CEO and founder is going to give us an update on what's going on there. And then Jeremiah Kinney just won Lake Washita, the Bassmaster Open. He won it in a pretty good fashion. 52 pounds, 3 ounces under some pretty tough conditions. Listen to what he has to say. But first, this segment is always brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And most of the time, we have Dan Johnston. Welcome back, Dan. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good. Good. Last week, we talked about early season panfish. We're going to transition into early season bass because sometimes where those panfish are early season, you can also find the bass. Yeah, there's no question. There's other times where you're going to find the bass where there aren't panfish. And I think what I mean by that is completely different. But we have done podcasts in the past on fish, specifically fish migrations and why they're migrating the way they are. Since we're talking about bass and we're talking about really early spring, the water's still very cold. Um, We also know they're not thinking spawn yet. They're still bait-centric but they also want to have access to deep water. So the first thing that a lot of us try to do early, early spring is these fish are still on shad in lakes and reservoirs or any type of thing, anything they're predating on. We know the crayfish aren't out. We know a lot of the big insects aren't out. So they're still on bait fish. Bait fish are still huddled up. The bait fish are starting to go back in the creeks or coves. So we want to find areas, and we a lot of us call them P.O. boxes, but usually it's like channel swings. What I mean is where a channel hits the bank or where the channel will come in and hit a point. It can be way off a point. But in other words, anywhere where you can find something where they have some access to shallow water, but immediate access to deep water. And that's the first thing that we're looking for. They're not going back to bed up yet but they're following the bait. And that's what the bait does in the early spring. The bait's still very schooled up. So the fish are still really schooled up too. It's usually a kind of thing when you land on them, you can catch a lot of them, but you got to slow down. You got to think about your presentations. But the biggest thing is like, we all know if you're not throwing it at them, they're not going to bite it. You got to find them first. And so I'm looking for bait more than anything else. And once I find it, I'm going to try to find out areas where the bait is where it's close to deep water or right over the top of deep water yeah and for the listeners dan's telling you don't go in the back of those creeks or way in those shallow flats yet stay out there on those main lake points and secondary points are probably the the first transition from may lake to going back to the creeks or going to a bay on a natural lake and uh that's that's a great tip looking for the bait early like that um how about, how about presentations? What do you like to do when you find that bait? Well, we got to remember the temperature of the water. So they're not going to run, so come up and blow up on a buzz bait when the water's 39 degrees. 
they're just not going to do it. Now, there's a lot of us that'll say they'll bite it in upper 40s and lower 50s. That's a totally different podcast. But right now, the, the suspending jerk bait has got to be one of my favorites. For some reason, they bite that A-rig pretty good when it's real cold because you can super slow roll it. Yeah. And it looks like a huddled up bunch of bait fish, which is exactly what the bait fish are right now. So those two techniques and another great one that I don't, I don't think it's overlooked by the tournament guys, but it's overlooked by a lot of um, uh, guys and gals that don't get out all the time is a jig. You can catch them on a jig year around. You just got to understand you can't be stroking that thing super aggressive like you are a football jig in June. It's more of a drag. It's generally speaking a smaller presentation, black, blue, browns. Um, try to get it in their face, multiple casts to high percentage areas, fish it slow. Um, and that's a real effective way to do it. And then that, for some reason, that crankbaits that have flat sides seem to work really good in super cold water too and why that is i'm not 100 percent sure i think it's got something to fact to do where the cadence is a little better for cold water kind of like the lipless bait but one thing i do with a flat side is always fish one way deeper than the water depth so in other words i'm fishing it like a jerk bait i'll get it down to the bottom I'll throw a 10, you know, a 15 footer in 10 foot of water yeah. diver. So, and I'll get it down to the bottom so I can stop, pause it, sometimes count for three seconds, give it a couple cranks, give it a drag, but, but it's down there where they're at. So that's another thing that works really well. Yeah. And I, I have had, you mentioned the jig. I have had good success on both smallmouth and largemouth early season on a jig. And I, I feel like they think it's the first crayfish of the year. They haven't seen one maybe for four or five or six months, but then all of a sudden they see that. And I, I just think they can't resist it. Well, it, I don't, you know, whether they think it's a crayfish or a, a, a bluegill down on the bottom dragging around or what, you know, who really knows? And I, I'd throw the spinnerbait in there too. That's one a classic, you know, you want to reel it slow. Um, and you want to have a blade that you can reel slow. It'll get a nice, smooth, slow cadence that puts out a lot of vibration to hit that lateral line, you know, because they, they, they want to eat. They're just cold-blooded. So they're not physically able to take off like a rocket and eat something like they are in June. Yep. Yeah. And, and you and I probably wouldn't do it, but there's probably a lot of listeners out there that don't only fish with lures. They fish with live bait. Yeah. Uh, Live bait could be effective and maybe even more effective in some of these lures at times. Oh, I think it would be more so. This, with the time of year we're talking about, you know, if you could put a, a, a pretty good sized minnow down on a drop shot or something and hold it and drag it, there's no question. I know the smallmouth guys love to do that, um, especially in the late, late fall. Um, and it, but it's, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I'm is, talking yeah. about really, really cold water. That live bait deals really good. Yep. I think, I think you're exactly right. It's good there. And, and I know a lot of the guys that go up to the great lakes and fish those smallies, they, they like a sucker and they don't use a small bait because there's not much small bait around. They're using a five to seven inch sucker because they're targeting, you know, small mouth, uh, three to six pounds. Yeah, exactly. But what they're not doing is pulling it around in real high speeds on a troll when the water's this cold. It's, it's much more, it's a slow down presentation. In other words, you're letting the bait fish itself. You want to rig it up to where that bait can free swim as much as possible. Uh, so it looks natural. It's not getting out of the strike zone. They can get it easily. Um, no question. Yep. And what, is there a temperature that you feel that is kind of the trigger point that tells you that you need to move farther into the creek or up on a flat on a natural lake? Yeah, that's a great question, Dave. I don't really go, I, I can, I could try to answer that by saying, you know, 45 to 48 specifically, but my 
tell is bait and birds. I mean, when I when I start seeing bait go back further, and I'm talking about using my graph, yep. um, that's my tell because you can have you know you can have 40, 43 degree water at the ramp. And then all of a sudden, because the sun shining into some cove and you've had a south wind two days in a row, that cove all of a sudden has got the shad in the back of it. And you can go to another part of the lake and they're not. So it's not really cut, copy, paste, but there's a lot of factors that go into that. But I'm really starting to watch when that water hits about 45, 47, you know, I'm really starting to look at the moving back further because there's instances where they do. Yep. Always good information from Dan Johnston, and I appreciate it, and I'll look forward to talking to you next week. Hey, thanks, Dave. No problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz. This segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. St. Croix, crafting the best rods on earth takes a team effort. Takes a lot of hands to produce a St. Croix fishing rod, 32 to be exact. Every rod we manufacture is carefully crafted, assembled, and tested by passionate professionals who want to ensure you have the best fishing experience possible. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. There are a lot of factors that go into catching fish consistently. Weather, time of year, available forage, and many others. Another huge factor is your tackle consistently performing, especially your lures. At Headhunter, our lures perform day in and day out. From crankbaits and jerkbaits to spinnerbaits and jigs, Headhunter makes product that produces and is consistently affordable. Better lures, better colors, better price, backed by 90 years of experience. Headhunter, try us once and you and the fish are hooked. Daiwa, MAG4Z, similar in design to our SV system. Reels with MAG4Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MAG4C incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. My next guest has been on many times before. He has a passion for the outdoors. He has a passion to teach people, to teach other people about the outdoors. He is the CEO and founder of Fishing's Future. He is Shane Wilson. Welcome back to the program. Hey, David, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate being on here. No, I, I appreciate having you and, and, and getting an update uh, every quarter or so on what's going on. Uh, you sound like you got a lot going on. Give us, give us the, the rundown. Well, this past weekend, we did somewhere close to around 3,000 individuals. At a, what's, it's the Guadalupe River Trout um, Fest, which is the largest trout unlimited chapter in America. It's there in the Austin area. And we bring a catch tank. We have a family catch tank. It's a 5,000-gallon catch tank. Mm -hmm. We set it up and put a bunch of rainbow trout in it. And my ordinate, that thing is, it was just, we were hammered. It was cold. It was windy. Um, but the trout bite was on and people came through. It was just a phenomenal event. We've got three or four more events of those coming up in the next month. So we're, we're hammered. I'm driving all over the state, running around, getting a, getting a tank set up and tearing it down and delivering it to other chapters. So that's exciting. Um, the really exciting news, Dave, is 
here just just recently, we have three, you know, we, we've got 60-some chapters scattered across the U.S., but three of our chapters, um, two of them in, I think, no, they're all three in, in the Texas area, uh, have we have gone dark or, 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 or we need to relocate them. And here's the reason why. Two of our master anglers, and a master angler is somebody that volunteers to take on a chapter and, and they do events throughout the year, but two of our master anglers have been selected and are currently in training to become Texas uh, game wardens. And our third one, that master angler was selected become to become a federal game warden. Huh. And I just, I mean, the quality of people that come to Fishing Future to open chapters I and mean, then to branch out and use that to, to pursue other uh, noble causes such as federal and state Texas game wardens is, it's a tremendous endorsement of the quality of people that come to us. That's very, very exciting. It is. That, that is exciting, and that is a testament to the people that you have there. But but now you need to find some new guys to replace those people. I, I think we found one at the, at the Trout Fest 2024 here. Just with, um, Another individual came up to me, and he says, how can I become involved in, you know, in, in opening a new chapter? Luckily, he's in one of the areas where we won't have to close the chapter and open it. We'll just transfer the, the ownership of that chapter, so... That, that's another interesting. And coming uh, this Sunday, I've got to drive to Laredo, which is 224 miles one way for me, to go do some Texas Parks and Wildlife Angler Certification uh, programming. That's, that, that, that is really taken on. You know, we do um, all the angler certification programming for the state of Kansas. We do, I don't know, countless. We did a... a angler certification instructor program yesterday for texas i've got another one that i'm going to be doing for texas and there's two or three other states that are starting to say hey let's look at the fishing's future to see if we can get an angler certification program running we work with some other nonprofits out there to certify those instructors so i'm telling you what you know already the fishing season is heavy underway it starts about in middle of February down here in Texas because our water warms up so much. But it's getting started and it's going and my calendar is filling up quickly. It's, it's very exciting. It is. Now, being in northern Illinois, we still have uh, some of that ice on top of some of our uh, ponds and lakes, although it's warm enough. we got some 50s in the forecast here, but but not like Texas. Uh, but uh, how about the uh, ICANN initiative? What's going on there? The ICANN initiative, man, oh, I've talked about something that was just a, a tremendous idea and very, very beneficial. Um, one of the local chambers, you know, a chamber 90 miles away is a special needs chamber. They've contacted us. They want us to get involved with them. They're having an introduction banquet for us. Uh, we ran three programs, last, or three trips last week. I've got two trips scheduled. Uh, this week I had to, had to switch one of them. Uh, because of what I've got to do on Saturday, but I don't, I don't know. We we've run um, maybe close to fifty trips since we started this uh, initiative back in June of 2021, 2022. I'm sorry, and the my, it's just, Dave. It is a blessing. It blesses my heart abundantly when we can take paraplegics and quadriplegics, and we had a had a medical bed out. Uh, on the boat the other day from an individual who was suffering from a bone debilitating cancer and they couldn't get out and they wanted to fish. We put them, put them on the boat, took them out, and, you know, just 
just the memories and, and the thought process and the, the enrichment that we were able to bless that family with. And, you know, the again, we don't charge for any of that. It's all done through grants and, and private donations. But what a what a tremendous ministry. We um, were looking at getting another boat and putting it in another part of the country. In fact, I have somebody checking out a, a boat um, within the next two or three days. It's another 26-foot tri-tune that's going to require a tremendous amount of upgrade and, um, you know, fabrication stuff on it. But it's just, I cannot say enough. I do that more for me because of the blessings. I mean, it's one thing to put a child on a fish and watch the family come alive and think, you know, fishing is a, is a pastime hobby that we can do together as a family. But to take an individual and the family who hasn't been on the water for a long time or who's never been on the water and to put them on a boat to teach them about fishing and you know the types of fish you're going to do and to take them out put them on the water uh and and to experience the joy and fulfillment that they get is just uh it's from it blesses me it just blesses me dave i can't i can't go on enough about it yeah, doing any kind of uh, uh, donation of your time or your talents uh, definitely is addictive and, and more rewarding many times to the people that are doing that. People that want to help uh, your organizations, uh, what's the best way to contact you or the organization to find out how they can participate, how they can donate, how they can you know, uh, maybe recommend other people to participate? What, how do they get a hold of you, Shane? Well, the easiest way would be to go to the fishandfuture.org website uh, and then go through our contacts page or email us at ffusa.fishandfuture.org. Uh, that goes directly to my, my email and our program director's email, and we'll correspond and get it back quickly. The, you know, we're growing. Um, we're in 22 states right now. One of these days, we'd like to be in all 50 states with the chapter. We just finished our chapter meetings. Um, over this past month with all of our master anglers and college talk about uh, talk about exciting when when you start a program you know that's 17 years old and you, you see people that have been part of your program for, for a, a large part of that time and they're, they're still doing events and they're still still you know, excited about teaching families because they they have become a, a local hero and it's just I, I saw something the other day, a post, I was, somebody tagged me on Facebook, and I don't read a lot of my Facebook posts, I have, I read my personal, but I have other people go through it, and somebody sent me, in, and evidently I had an individual in school that is now teaching school, and um, we did an event in, in their neighborhood in the San Antonio area, and she asked her students to do a, a, a timeline of some of the most impressive things that have happened to them that year. And in the timeline, one of the little girls drew a picture of a fish, and she said, I caught my first fish with Fishing Future. And the lady that I had in school realized that that was me, and she, she tagged me, and she said, thank you so much, Shane Wilson, for doing what you're doing. You, you just, it's just, I mean, it's just God, the, the rewards for giving of your time freely to others to better the community and our society. Uh, exponentially fills um, the, the giver's heart probably more than it does the individual receiving the gift. Absolutely, and I appreciate the updates we get from you, and I look forward to hearing what's going on with the organizations uh, in the future, and uh, we'll definitely give you a call, and thank you for your time today. 
Dave, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's always a, it's always an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. Oh, no problem. I appreciate it. That was Shane Wilson, CEO and founder of FishingsFuture.org and the ICANN Initiative. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. We will be right back after these messages. Calcutta Outdoors, from bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the persistent pursuit of perfection, St. Croix. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this program is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. My next guest is very happy. He just won $44,000 in a Bassmaster, St. Croix Bassmaster Open on Lake Washita. Welcome to the program, Jeremiah Kindy. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. You're, is it is it still... Uh, real to you that you got that check or not really yet i don't really know that it has even been real yet no um i've kind of been pinching myself it's kind of surreal i heard that uh when you were on stage you hadn't fished a uh uh an open for quite a while have you it's been a long time yeah i fished them like in the late 90s early 2000s something like that yeah and that's uh you know, so you come back to it, and you, you come back to it in a strong fashion, and, and win it. Are, are you going to do some more of the Opens? Yes, I'm going to fish the next two Opens. Um, you know, I'm required to do that to fish the Classics. So right, right. For sure going to do them too, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you continue to do well, you you might continue, you know, you might have a, this is a great start to uh, um, to have an opportunity maybe to fish uh, Elites, isn't it? Or did you not fish the first one? Well, I didn't fish. I'm not doing the EQs. Okay, so okay. That's really never was my goal. I've kind of been down that road. Um, I like staying around my family, you know. I love fishing tournaments. I love competition, but I don't know that I want to be on the road again. It's a lot. It's a lot to be on the road, and it's it's you're away from your family. You're on the road. You're you know there's a you're going to different lakes when you when you choose that path, and and um, it is a real big commitment. And like you said, you did it earlier in in your life, and then you did the right thing. You took care of your family, and 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 I think that's to be commended. Um, would you ever consider doing it? Are you, are you just at the stage of life that you're just you know you're content doing local stuff? Look, man. Jesus paves the road, and if it's right in front of me, I'll I'll jump on it. I you get just it. never know. You know, I mean, I never thought I was going to fish another open, and I did. Here you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you just never know. So I'm, I will never say I won't won't do something for sure. Right, right. Well, and how exciting is that that this qualifies you to fish fish a classic? Uh, well, if anybody that's ever held a real 
in their hand got asked that question i think that the answer may be the same i mean it's been a dream of mine since i started fishing i mean it's the biggest stage in fishing in my opinion and i just it's just surreal and i'm just so humbled and honored and just to be around and compete against some guys is just amazing yeah, and, and it is. You are correct. It is the Super Bowl of bass fishing because uh, that's what it is. When you're in that in those uh, arenas, and I've been there covering uh, covering it for media, um, I, I think the Knoxville ones, the 19 and the, this one we just had, are just those places attract a lot of people. A lot of people go to them, and you got pushed through the aisles at the at the convention center. the The place is electric. So yeah, to, I can't imagine pulling into that tunnel and being in your boat and actually fishing it. it it's just going to be uh, probably the the most phenomenal thing you've ever done in your life. I believe so. Short of family things, that's definitely going to be ranks right up at the top 100 percent. yep i should have said fishing fishing things because because i think with most people that <laughs> their family comes first and, and that's good so 35 12 on the, on the two-day total and then that that uh, third day you had a little less than your average of what you had before 1607 did did you think you had it with that much weight i never thought i had it for sure i thought if i caught 15 pounds i had a chance yeah so i knew i had a chance but them guys are so good, man. They're they're assassins. And I just knew one of them was going to catch 18 or 20 pounds, and that's what I thought I had to catch. Yeah, yeah. Did you get the uh, call much during the three days? I called several times, yes. I had, it was, man, I was so, so, so lucky during them three days. It just fell in the right place, and I caught a lot of fish, and they, a lot of them was quality. Yeah. How about, uh, Techniques, what was the best thing going and, and what stage were these fish in? The stage the fish were in were like very early pre-spawn, I would say. Um, 13 of my 15 I weighed in come on a lipless. Mm -hmm. Like a Booyah one knocker and a Duo Realis. I don't know what they call their lipless, but yeah. both of them three-quarter ounce. And, uh, and I caught one on a Norman Deeple Lynn and one on a swim bait. That's how I caught all 15 that I weighed. Yeah. What was the water temperature? 47 to 52. Yeah, that's that's early early season, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. they Then females, you know, a lot of the good females will come in first, and uh, that's kind of what I was trying to key in on was just early staging areas. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense to me. How was uh, the weather for all three days? Absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, the first the first day was, you couldn't pick a prettier day, you know, 70 degrees, sunny, whatever. And then we had a cold front the second day that brought, come in that afternoon with heavy winds. And then the third and final day was absolutely freezing. Like, it was very cold, very windy. But, you know, that's kind of the days you want on clear bodies of water, though, is them windy, cloudy, nasty days. Yeah. Were these all largemouth or do you have spots there, too? There's a lot of spots there, but all my fish were largemouth. Okay, all right. So the uh, and um, are the are the spots? I'm way up north, so we don't fish them very often. We got smallmouth, we got largemouth. Um, do they spawn uh, earlier than the largemouth, or later, or about the same? Uh, about the same, really. About the same. We got we got so many in our lakes, though. They they string out longer too, though. It seems like there's just so many of them. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's uh, definitely interesting. And, and the fact that you um, caught that many on one bait, did you have to use a lot of baits to figure that out? Or were you keeping that in your hand a lot? That was just what I was keeping in my hand. Matter of fact, the last day I had two rods on the deck. That's it. You what? know, two lip. And yeah, that's just that on that body of water, all the history points to lipless or, you know, that's what they win tournaments on. So that's what I was going to do. There you go. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And you know what? That's kind of a good, good thing. Uh, Jeremiah, I have to take a quick break for some sponsors here, and then we'll come back with more questions for you. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and we'll be right back after these messages. There are a lot of factors that go into catching fish consistently. Weather, time of year, available forage, and many others. Another huge factor is your tackle consistently performing, especially your lures. At Headhunter, our lures perform day in and day out. From crankbaits and jerkbaits to spinnerbaits and jigs, Headhunter makes product that produces and is consistently affordable. Better lures, better colors, better price, backed by 90 years of experience. Headhunter, try us once and you and the fish are hooked. Calcutta Outdoors, from bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. Iowa. Our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool, as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system, gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping, pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate Backlashes, Daiwa. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this program is brought to you by the proud industry members in American Sport Fishing Association. Welcome back, Jeremiah Kindy. You gotta be no. you gotta be thrilled about doing the next two since you won this one. It, that's required, you said, to fish uh, uh, the Bassmaster, but but uh, have you been on the lakes that they're on before? Uh, I have spent one day on Logan Martin, um, so I know nothing about it at all. Um, I've been on Eufaula. I fished a regional there last year and spent two different trips up there, so I'm a little bit familiar with it, but I mean, not really. So yeah. it's kind of like all new water, so I'm, I'm excited because... I like going to new places and doing new things. Yeah, figuring it out and and doing doing that and and uh, you know you got a you got a forty four thousand reasons to go back and try again, right? <laughs> That's right. And the deal is, the classics made, so I have zero pressure and I can just fish comfortable and do what I want to do. Yeah, there's something to be said to not having pressure or um, you know I. I being in the lead every day on a tournament is probably the worst place to be in my mind. I, I, I would rather be in striking distance and have the, you know, the consistency to, to win. Yeah, I hear you. It's definitely, definitely pinches on the nerves. No doubt about that. So did your, did your um, practice days indicate what you actually caught in the tournament? 
No, because I didn't run that pattern at all, except, well, I shouldn't say at all. I checked one spot in practice, and I caught an eight-pounder on a trap, hmm. on a booyah one-knocker. <laughs> and I was like, well, that just confirms it. I, I was set out there with my live scope and stuff like that all through practice, yeah. you know, just trying to find different schools of fish and whatnot. But I knew I was going to fish a trap, or thought I was, like a three-quarter ounce booyah one-knocker in that duo realis. Yeah, especially in that water temperature, forty-seven to fifty-two, a, a, a trap or a, or a, maybe a jerk bait were probably two things that that people caught caught fish on. I would imagine. Yeah, it was definitely a lot caught on that. But I think the main thing to my victory was, I, I would say it was because of you know forward facing, because three fourths of the field was out there forward facing, chasing schools of fish around, and I had the bank all to myself. You know. So you, what you're saying is, is because they weren't pounding the bank, you could. It opened it up so yeah. much. Yeah, like if there were so many more guys doing it, I don't know that I win the tournament. You just never know. You know. They would have split up the fish that you caught. Exactly. That makes a lot. Of, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, uh, uh, but. So, are you doing some research on the the next two now? I mean, you going online looking at tournament results for the. Uh, same time of year that they were before and and uh you know a lot of times they'll put the top 10 baits uh, on these uh, press releases things like that are are you doing some of that kind of homework already i'm definitely gonna you yeah. know i will definitely do my part on that but i it's been such a whirlwind which is a blessing with the phone calls and the the podcast i've done and the you know all this stuff and i got a normal like i'm a working guy i got a job i'm on a big job right now so i started it monday morning yeah so i haven't really time to mess with anything you know? no 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 i get it i get it and and you said that you had done done some bigger circuits and things before uh, earlier in your life but right now you you are basically self-funded and don't have any sponsors correct yep and and that's not a bad bad place to be because if you're working a regular job and there's a lot of guys that try to juggle both you know if they're not in the sport fishing industry doing doing a a job of whatever um, those time commitments for sponsors are you, nobody just gets money handed to them we all work for it. You know, I'm telling you, people look at it and but don't understand it. You're literally working for them people. You know, I mean, you're selling product. That's what, that's the reason why they wrap your boat or, or advertise on your jersey or whatever is because they're wanting to move product. And that's, that's why they pick people in the spotlight. That's just, that's just the way it works. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So it sounded like you had some family there at the event and uh, I'm sure some friends and uh, did, was anybody else in the tournament that you knew? Yeah, I had some friends in the tournament. Matter of fact, one of my friends coming second, Matt Baker. Um, he's a good friend right down the road. Um, Kevin Brown. If it wasn't for Kevin Brown, I probably wouldn't have even been in the tournament. He kind of talked me into it. <laughs> so, you know, I just a lot, a lot of good locals were in the tournament. I think there was like 20 locals in the tournament. Yeah, and that's the case in a lot of these, whether they're Opens or Toyota Series where you can jump in them. Uh, and that's why the competition is so stiff. You have the ones that are trying to get to the next level, to the elites or to Tackle Warehouse, and then you have all the locals. So the competition, even though it's a step down from from one or two t 
levels of the competitions, it's it's really uh, pr- pretty pretty tough to win. Oh, absolutely! And you have these other guys, you know, that fished other circuits, trying to qualify for the Bass Masters, you know, the elites, and trying to requalify, and they're just hammers. I mean, them EQ anglers, my gosh! Me and Matt was the only two in the top 10 that were not EQ anglers. And EQ means elite qualifiers. They're yep. fishing all nine yep. to try to qualify. And they took up the next eight spots. That's amazing to me. Yeah. And you know what What else is pretty crazy is the age of these these kids that are that are oh, trying to qualify. It's it's just, it blows my mind. It totally, look, man, I fished Washita for 30-something years. It took them guys maybe a day or two to figure out stuff that took me 20 years to find, you know, and they find them immediately. It's yes. crazy. <laughs> it is pretty crazy. You see the, see the ones that win uh, 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 these tournaments now, and they're 20-something. Or I, I recently had a conversation with Jordan Lee, and I think he's 32, going to be 33 this year. He's won two Bassmaster Classics, and he feels like one of the <laughs> old guys. I didn't even start yeah. fishing tournaments till I was 31. Yeah, he's the old man. Yeah. Right. So I started fishing FLW, I think I was 23 years old. And I was like, it was a big deal, me and be, me being 23. Well, 23 is just regular now. Yes. That's actually a little bit old, almost. It's crazy. And and I think that has to do with the the fact that they start fishing uh, competitively in high school now, and then they can go get college paid for at some degree um, uh, fishing. And that's, that's unheard of. I agree, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's great to get kids into such an awesome, fun thing to do. I mean, I got a turn. I'm a boat captain for my 14 year old this weekend on Lake Hamilton, and he just he eats it up. And I, all them kids love it. It's just great. Well, it sounds like he has a very good instructor and his father, and that that's awesome. And uh, definitely uh, appreciate your time for this interview. And also, I'm going to pay attention and see how you do on the next two, and then the uh, ultimately the uh, the uh, Bassmaster, uh, I, I want to see see how you do, and uh, I'm sure you're excited, and uh, thank you for your time, Jeremiah. I appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome. Thank you for everyone. I appreciate everything. No, no problem. That was Jeremiah Kendi. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. I'd like to thank my sponsors, Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. Thank you to Headhunter Lures. Check them out at headhunterlures.com. Dan Johnson gave us great information. Thanks for that, Dan, about early season bass fishing. And Shane Wilson, fishingfuture.org and the ICANN Initiative. He is the CEO and founder. I always like to get a quarterly update from Shane Wilson. Thank you for that. And you just heard from Jeremiah kindly. He just won Lake Washita, and you heard how he won $44,000, and he's going to get the fish, the Bassmaster Classic. I'm looking forward to bringing you the We Fish ASA podcast next week. Until then, please take someone fishing to help grow our sport. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. 
pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.